talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much Well, welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. We're so excited to be here with you today in, in our Christmas hats and our guest, Sid. We have so much fun um, enjoyment packed in today, and we're super excited to get started. So just a little quick rundown. As usual, we are a group of self-employed industry experts. We are here to cover four areas of your business, marketing, operations, employee management, and money. And this is really just a casual conversation to help you guys get organized in your business and find something to fight for this week and find one area to focus on to really impact your business. So I am Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company with my husband here in South Florida, and I have been in marketing for about five years now. So I am super excited to say welcome back to Fight Club and welcome to Sid. We are so excited to have you with us. Good morning, ladies. I'm delighted to be with you all. Yeah. Awesome. Tell, tell everybody where you're at, Sid. Right now, so I'm I'm from Montana, and right now right. there's about a half a foot of snow at my house. But I'm currently in Marina Del Rey, enjoying a sunrise. Wow! And I've never had this thought before, but right now I'm thinking about buying a boat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. What's the temperature yeah. down there? Uh, right now it's about 58. It's a little chilly, but. I mean, I shouldn't complain at all. No, it's, no. it's four degrees at home. So right. I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah. And I have to say, Tay, I, I love the Miller Lite hat. I'm very comfortable with that because my house in Montana, I'm, I'm 12 minutes from my door to the, the ski lift. And that's what everybody wears. They've all got their ski hats on and they all say Miller Lite. Beautiful. Well, if yeah. I have it wasn't, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, I may be having a million. <laughs> we'll just say it's coffee for you. <laughs> and Sid, I'm sorry your hat didn't come in time. I was very hopeful that that was yeah. all going to work out, but it just didn't quite work. Uh, so close. And I need one. So, so my head is cold. Yes. Yes, I can see that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about in case our listeners have not met yeah. you before? Uh, yeah, thank you, you very much. You are a jack of many trades. I am sure I would miss them if I tried to share all of the things you're involved with because you, you start fake businesses sometimes too, right? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. we won't talk about right. that. Okay. Not today. Thank you. First of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's really it's a pleasure to see you all. I haven't seen you in quite a while, and this is nice. And and I was going to bring on a nice breakfast wine because I figured everybody would have a drink but me. But I guess we'll <laughs> stick with coffee. It's seven a.m. Um, well, I mentioned I'm from Montana. I have I have uh, two service businesses there. We have auto detailing and window cleaning business. The auto detailing is pretty new. I think we're in three years. Um, window cleaning we've been doing it for seventeen years here. Uh, we actually started our first one in Florida. Okay down at oh. Clearwater Beach. We were there for eight years before we moved up to the mountains. Um, and I'm also the host of the 80-20 show. I'm a, a huge proponent of the 80-20 principle, and that is finding the most effective things you can do that move, you know, the biggest levers that move the needle the greatest with the least amount of effort. It sounds lazy and it kind of is, but it also develops and, and breeds freedom in your business. And most of the people I know that start their own business are doing it so they can be free of something. They can have time freedom, be free to work with the people they want or have more money freedom. So that's that's mine in a short, that's the Reader's Digest version. I love it. 
Awesome. Well, we're so happy to have you. Uh, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also am the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource all of those accounting tasks, those back office tasks that you maybe don't like. And I co-own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband in Northern California. Um, and I'm excited to have somebody in the Pacific time zone said I'm always alone over here with my 7 a.m. not even sunrises so i'm so glad you're on the west coast today um welcome to fight club <laughs> and Thank sid you. hi good morning michelle good myers morning. we've met before nice to see you again i am the co-owner of pink collars and so we outsource customer service rock stars to your business and we can handle everything from the phone all the way through to the invoice and so we we really take off all of those hats off of the business owner's head if they need that help so um, michelle myers and welcome sid to Fight Club. Thank you. <laughs> Good to see you. And I'm Martha Woodward and founder of the Culture First membership and Level Up, Build Teams That Give a Shit and Quality Driven. And uh, anyway, Sid, so nice to have you. I, You are in a beautiful spot. I love my spot, but I'm in the travel trailer because we have two construction crews in my house. And wow. It's crazy over here. Uh, Way to be resilient. There you go. So anyway, welcome. Thank you. I just have to mention, I think I need to change my first name to mid or something starts with an M because everybody's got M's in their names but me. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. Esther's did grab. Well, I'm listening person and I want to talk all things marketing, sales, whichever direction we decide to go with, one of the two. Um, but it is 10 days till Christmas. Crazy to say that, number one. Santa is coming, people. Get ready. Um, but it's also almost the end of the fourth quarter. So everyone is starting to evaluate their sales and marketing KPIs starting to figure out what they want to change and adjust coming into quarter one of 2021. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of your key KPIs in either sales or marketing that you like to look at at the end of quarter four? Okay, I, I appreciate that question. And I may actually not be the right person for that question. Um, I, I tend to operate by the gut or by the hip a lot of times. And I have somebody else pay attention to the KPIs because I just, I, Honestly, and I go, I just want to have some fun. This sounds yeah. like a good idea. <laughs> and if it's, if it's not working, my operations manager will tell me, it's like, that's dumb. So we have a, you know, we have a philosophy of, of, uh, of feed the healthy and kill the weak. That sounds terrible, but it, you know, when the ad's performing, we, we multiply it. And when it's not, we just, we kill it. Um, that, that, so there's, thank you for allowing me to give you a non-answer to your question. <laughs> It's okay. I'll let you off that easy. No, I, I, won't. No, I won't. Okay, so, good. Um, okay, let's shift then. So you have the podcast and I actually know a couple of people that do watch this show and have podcasts themselves. Um, so when you started marketing the podcast, how did that begin for you? How did you start to get more, you know, larger style guests on the show? How yeah. did you start to really push that forward? Okay, there, there, there are two parts to that question. The first, the way I started was simply with my my own network. I didn't I didn't do promotions. I didn't advertise on Facebook or anything else. I just started inviting people that I knew, and I asked them to make sure and share it with their, you know, with their audience. 
And uh, one thing that I noticed is that was one of the benefits of COVID was instantly people that were hard to reach before were easy to get access to because everybody shut down and in, 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 you know, in April, no, you know, most people really didn't have a good strategy or know what to do. They're waiting to see what was going to happen. So it was easy to get a phone call through to people that, you know, normally couldn't reach. Um, a good example of that would be, you know, Perry Marshall, he wrote the book on 80-20 and, and he charges, he's a $30,000 a day consultant. So he doesn't take random phone calls. Um, so, but suddenly he had time. Now I, I know him personally, that was great, but he'd push me off and, you know, beforehand because he's so busy. So then he was like, sure, I'll be on your show. Um, oh gosh, uh, strategic coach is so funny. I came to think of Dan Sullivan from strategic coach is particularly hard to get access to. And I managed to get him on the phone for an hour. So it's there, there was no real, um, not your traditional marketing, something that had, you know, a pay-per-click or, you know, boosting ads, but it was just, it was reaching out to people directly. Yeah. It sounds like old school networking, pretty much. It's just old school networking. Roots. It's what, you know, you have in all areas of marketing, you still have to have those in my opinion. And that's something that you never can let go of no matter how many ads you start running, no, how, no matter how many SEO campaigns you're focusing on per city, you know, you still have to always have some form of grassroots in whatever type of business you're running. So I appreciate kind of the shift to get to um, an answer that we could kind of talk about a little bit. Um, and I'll just put into some fun uh, KPIs that a lot of people like to focus on when it comes to marketing or sales, just to give you guys a little bit of an answer on that too. Um, so ones that you can look at are your cost per lead. Take a look at how much money you're spending per lead coming into your business. Another one is making sure that you're looking at marketing leads and qualifying them. So you're not just sending people to your sales team that you know are sending in an SEO message through your quote box on the website. That is not a qualified lead by any way, shape or form. You're looking for people who are looking to commit to your service and sign up with a whatever that service may be. Um, another good one to take a look at is also sales qualified leads. So this is pretty much taking that lead and then how do they convert into a sale? What is that percentage between those areas? Um, and then finally, take a look at your sales revenue. Take a look at what your growth trends are and really what your projections are going to be going into 2021. And you know, just those four alone, you can find one that really fits into either your sales or marketing category to take a look at this week. All right. Very cool. Wow. Well, I'll pass All you right. off. <laughs> <laughs> The numbers girl. I love it. Um, okay. So usually I ask you some interesting like money related questions or finance related questions or, you know, something about KPIs, but I want to take it back to when I first met you and I'm not talking about how you wrote Kurt Kempton, his own theme song, which was so cool. And maybe someday Fight Club will have a theme song, uh, but you gave a class that has stuck with me ever since that first time I met you and listened to your class where you talked about delegating low level tasks yeah. and you had us write out tasks that were, you know, $10 an hour tasks, $100 an hour tasks, $1,000 an hour tasks, 
We might have even taken us up to $10,000 an hour tasks. Mm. And in every interaction I've had with you since then, including your answer to Tay just now, it seems to be <laughs> one of your core principles where you have become very good at delegating those low level tasks and sticking to your genius zone of what you know and like. Sounds like maybe your metric is fun, um, which is not a bad <laughs> metric to have. <laughs> not a bad metric to have, slightly harder to measure, but good. Um, can you share with our listeners a little bit about that class like you only have three minutes to teach an hour-long <laughs> class but you know yeah give, give, it, give it a whirl <laughs> i will thank you yeah but that's something that's really exciting to me because as i mentioned most people get into business they start their own thing because they want they want some level of freedom but being the guy that takes out the trash checks all your email goes to get some mail makes deposits does all the menial tasks does not give you freedom you just become a slave to your business yeah. in a bigger way so they're they're you know and and I'm going to go one level deeper than I probably should here, but honestly, mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of the reason that we end up doing the low-level task is one: it's either ignorance, we don't know, we like somebody's got to do it, it's got to be me, or it's guilt. You you feel guilty for telling somebody else to do stuff. And I've I, myself included, I've known way too many businesses that say, "Well, I would never ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do myself." Mm. You know, well, that's just dumb. I mean, I should always ask Megan to do my books because I stink at it. It's like if you're if you're no good at at something or it's it's something that you can hire out for ten or fifteen dollars an hour, please offload that and it allows you to move yourself to a higher level. And even when you're you're starting out and you're small, it's like you're a one man show and you you know, let's say you clean windows, that's part of my world. And you can make a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars an hour with a squeegee. Well, don't do anything else. Get somebody else to answer the phone for fifteen dollars an hour. Get somebody else to run your errands and somebody and just focus on production until you can hire somebody then somebody else can take that and it pays you a lot more as a business owner to plan and properly strategize than it does to clean windows that's where you get into you know a thousand dollar an hour work ten thousand hour work that's what i'm actually doing in southern california when i get away from my business and get some headspace then i'm able to think creatively and be you know to actually produce a strategy rather than just swatting flies so th there's the force of business gravity is so strong, it's hard to break free of the menial stuff. And this year was a great example. I mean, I, I, I teach this, I try to live it. And this year we, you know, was a challenging year and some things around my staff crumbled and I found myself back out cleaning windows. I found myself scrambling and working, you know, one week, Megan, I apologize to you in advance. I worked 65 hours one week and I was furious because that's not, what you know that's not where i built my business to and it's also right. not what i try to do i try to work work about 20 hours a week and then you know, i've got the podcast or spend time with my wife or my family or doing something that energizes me not something that saps the juice out of me yeah i think that that's really good to bring it back to 2020 because i i think everybody who's listening out there knows what you're experiencing or what you're sharing and it was hard we rebuilt businesses this year because the business of january of 2020 is dead it is gone if you've not realized that yet it will never come back and, <laughs> and in some ways that's kind of a beautiful thing that could be a yes. amazing rebirth by going back in the field by looking at your systems by looking at your team by redesigning a culture and i'm not going to step on martha's toes but also <laughs> financial strategies or kpis related to marketing if you if you've taken time to redo those things because you've had to pivot because you haven't 
everyone had a choice, I think you're going to find you're set up for success in 2021, that you're going to be starting that next year in a different place. And Sid, I love that you go somewhere else for that headspace. I am a huge fan of that. I do a lot of my strategic planning with these ladies. Uh, we like to travel once a quarter somewhere else. I have very mm -hmm. strict rules about no business work no like you cannot answer a call you cannot have a scheduled meeting you really need the space and um jeff and i are the same we like to do our strategic planning away from our house we need to do yeah. it somewhere else because at your house there's too many distractions so uh thanks so for that true. real answer and i love mm -hmm. that you're coming back to your core mm -hmm. principles and i love that you are getting ready for the next year in california like yeah. you know california it's such a weird place to choose to travel to right now and I, i'm just i'm stoked that you're here <laughs> well, awesome. i was so excited as we were prepping our travel i just watched the the news reports every other day and like yep they're closing this yep they're closing that yep you can't do anything and it's actually not true. There's, it's, it's very beautiful and there's still plenty to do. One of the, the big benefits, literally at the hotel I'm staying at. So we've got this beautiful patio deck and I've been here for five days and I've seen two people up here. So it's like my private deck. Conference room. Yeah. yeah, I have everything except someone to bring me coffee. Uh, I would love to loop back around to the reinvention at, you know, Ooh. when we come back around after the round of robins. Oh, okay. <laughs> the rounds of robins. I love it. Okay. Love I'm going to pass you to Michelle and she is going to talk to you about systems and processes and all things <laughs> probably even related to delegation. Who knows? Uh, Michelle, maybe. Who knows? So it interests me so much that you have two businesses. Tell me how you're utilizing similar systems. I know you started in the window cleaning and yep. then moved to deta auto detailing. Tell me how you're using the similar principles and systems from the first one, the window cleaning, the mothership, um, and how you're using those in the auto detailing. Because I could imagine some people would go, how do you make those two things jive? Tell me yeah. how you're using either software or something to get those two things to speak to each other, please. Yeah, so those two businesses, they're actually distinct and separate. So okay. I have a different uh, CRM for one than the other. I have really? different okay. crew. They're both in the same warehouse. And okay. so we, we utilize a lot of physical systems that overlap, you know, whether it's the washer and dryer or, you know, the space and the parking, but the software and databases are separate and the teams yeah. are separate. The payroll is separate. They're, you know, they're separate uh, corporations. Um, but one of the cool things that, that with that is, a, you know, a friend of mine, a guy that used to work for me, start, you know, he's, he, he left, he said, I want to start my own business. And he started auto detail. And he okay. ran it for about four years, just a mobile detail. One guy, a lot of hustle. And one mm -hmm. day he called me up and they're like, Sid, I'm moving to Texas. Do you want to buy this? And I said, no, I have a business <laughs> and I'm busy. And, okay. and we talked for a while. And after a month, I was like, you know what? Let, let's just give it a row. And so I bought it, but I had one distinct goal. And that was Sid never details a car. Because with the okay. window cleaning business, I've cleaned, I've, I've, literally, I've literally cleaned over 2 million windows. I mean, I've I've been the guy in the field, a one-man operation for most of my business. It's only the last five years that I said, hey, I don't have to carry a ladder. <laughs> so with the auto detailing, I've been very successful in my goal um, three years, and I had to detail one car. One day, we had three guys calling sick, and I couldn't reschedule a single appointment. So I oh, ended man. up detailing a car. <laughs> but that that uh, business, we I spent the first month just writing protocols and systems for the business. And finding training materials and the you know all the you know the goods I need. And I hired somebody with experience, and we just wrote out how things operate. And we set up a database. And we said we'll do it like this, and here are the scripts. And I've and I've been able to thankfully I've had good guys that that manage it. 
So mm-hmm. that business takes about 30 minutes a week of my time, which excites me. As a matter of fact, Beautiful. the whole time I've been in California, I've been worried about my window cleaning business. And I, I realized yesterday, it's like, oh God, I haven't even thought about Shine Auto Detailing. I mean, literally. <laughs> That's great. That's a good business. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so That's awesome. Yeah, there's overlap, but it's not in the the software. It's just in the systems and and uh, actually writing down proper protocols and systems. Interesting. Well, 2020 has brought about a lot of shifts in looking at business ownership. And I know a lot of owners that we work with are looking at acquiring businesses. How would mm-hmm. you speak to them? What would be kind of the top three things to look for if they want to acquire a business in 2021? Because a lot of people in 2020 are kind of like, peace out. You know, they're like, I'm done enough. They've hit their pain threshold. And I've seen a lot of shifting and a lot of companies talking to their, you know, used to be uh, competitors. And so what would you tell people that are in that boat that want to look to acquire something in 2021? Yeah. Look for somebody that really is motivated, that hit that pain threshold that is, and and I'm in, this is maybe a little too transparent. There were a couple of times this year that I thought about, it's like, I'll just take the cash out and walk away Yeah. Yeah. because it was it was probably the most challenging year we've had you know in in 25 years in business um yeah. so there there are people that have hit that point and said yeah they'll go like what you'll trade me a ham sandwich for this business i'll take it <laughs> exactly like, look for somebody motivated but then you know it's also nice when you actually know your competitors if you're looking within your industry yeah. within your you know not looking to acquire something completely new you probably sure. already know your competitors you know who has a quality business who has you know, is a reputation for uh, good customer service, somebody that takes care of their customers. Because when when a transition, when you take over a business or buy a business, especially in a, a small, smaller business we're talking about, mm-hmm. one of the challenges, a lot of times people are loyal to a the personality of the okay. owner. Sure. And you may buy a thousand customers and 400 of them stick. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, devalues what you just purchased in a hurry. So making sure that you know it's it the same thing in, in any other time of the year. You know, I mean, you look for, you know, look at the bottom line, look at all the information, make sure that things are sound, that there's a reason to purchase. But then if somebody's motivated and they're like, hey, I'm sitting down here and I'm looking at boats yeah. and uh, I just need $200,000 for a boat, but their business is worth 400000 Like, buy them a boat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I I'm love not it. sure. I'm not sure if Sid just posted his business for sale or not. I, I it's unclear. <laughs> not, I don't know whether that. that just I happened. That. I don't know. But two hundred thousand apparently is the boat he's got his eye on. So, wow, wow. And then one last thing. I know you're a big Responsibid fan. Are you using Responsibid for both companies? No. People would probably want to know. So no, just we're, the just the not, one. Just the cleaning company. It works very oh, well. Um, the and, and yeah. We're not using it for the auto detailing at all. I, I I actually don't know if there's a module for that. I'm I'm assuming there is, or it could be adapted. Um, but we we set up just a funnel. different funnel system, and okay. it just we have something that's very effective. We go, Perfect. Oh, well, let's just use that. I love it. Would you like to share what that is to the listeners that might be back, interested? Sure. Or and no. Back back to Tay. With okay. Uh, it, it's a little bit old <laughs> school. We just it, it's. We just one the one thing that the guy I bought it from did very well. Everything he didn't have a business. He had like he didn't even give me a shop vac when we bought it. Yeah. He had a he printed out like two hundred pages of old invoices of you know people he had done work for. He didn't have a database. He didn't have anything. Aww. It was kind of a disaster. But he had a nice website and he had really good SEO. Yeah. And so wow. as, as soon yeah. as we took over, 
the phone was ringing. The phone rang every day. So we focused oh. on on one thing, and that was get as many reviews as possible. Because in in all, he had twenty reviews. Every party killer in town had twenty reviews. Now we've got two hundred fifty reviews, and wow. everybody else has twenty five. So our goal is literally have ten times the reviews everyone else, and then I'll, we'll show up first, and we do. And anytime somebody calls, because what happens when somebody's looking for auto detailing or something, they go yeah. auto detailing in Santa Monica. Yep. It's true. And then they go, <laughs> the first one's got the most reviews. And they go call. Yeah. They don't. They call. They don't and even so look. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't go online to get a bid most of the time. We do have online uh, estimator and online scheduling, and maybe five to ten percent of our customers use that, unless they're repeat customers. So hmm. new customers usually they call us and they ask three questions and. And then Griffin just books them. You know, he tells them the price. We have a an uber simplified price structure. We used to yeah. price based on, you know, how dirty is the car, and there's four tiers of this, and what size, and there's five tiers of that. Yeah. And we just went, no, that's dumb. <laughs> it's like we've got five. Is can you guys can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. The the sunrise is starting to interfere with it's my uh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we just California glow. We squeezed it down to like we have three points, price points, and it's you know over time they average out. If somebody's got a really dirty car, we lose a little bit. Most of the cars that we do are not dirty; they're people that really care. So we have awesome. a highly profitable structure. Anyway, that so and then it was, tell me it's a little what, old school, a little manual. No, it's great. And then tell me what software you're using for reviews. Are you using one of the ones we might know, or you just asking manually? Um, How are you doing that? With our nice window cleaning company, we use Nice Job and a manual yeah. ask. We have a strategy right. with uh, with auto detailing. We we just ask, and it's before they walk out the door, they say yes. We text them the link. It goes straight to the review, and so they're Perfect. they're like they haven't gotten off the property yet. They go, oh, yeah. okay. So okay, it, let's that do works it now. very well. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Austin Sid. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Good stuff. I'm going to pass you off to Martha. <laughs> Martha. Martha. <laughs> Martha oh, may be muted. Martha. Oh yeah, you're muted, Martha. <laughs> now Michelle's muted. Is everybody else gonna mute? I'll mute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that just because of the construction okay. outside. I forgot. Um, but I know I've heard you talk about investing in your people. And <clears throat> so Let's talk about that one big lever that you feel like made the most impact in your people, in okay. investing in You're, your people. You are going to laugh and one of you at least is going to smile and go, oh my God, I'm doing that. And this is the dumbest thing in the world, but it was like, so we have a lot of young guys that work for us and, and I always try to have a young lady on the team because it tempers the guyness you know, in the, in the warehouse. But we have at the end of the week, if everybody, you know, meets their, they finish their jobs, they don't have enough, you know, a bunch of touch-ups, et cetera. Then we fill, everybody has a growler. You know what a growler is? Mm -hmm. It's a, yeah, the half gallon container for uh -huh. beer. We send somebody down to the local brewery and fill all their growlers and they're in the fridge waiting for them when they get off work on Thursday. And that's so nice. Yeah. And it's for us, for our team, it's $64 a week. And you guys love it. I mean, they, they, they pay more attention to that than they do if they got a raise. I mean, ultimately they would prefer the raise, but they're like, you gotta have yeah. that beer. And they're not even, like nobody's growlers. a big drinker. Yeah, just, it's just a, a little something to say, hey, yeah. you did a good job, here's this. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like their trophy. And it's like, I love that you're associating that with earning it. And that if they get all this done, you know, it's like, here's your recognition. Here's our thank you. And that's yeah. your trophy we did, for the week. We did that. So and I then like uh, the, the other thing, honestly, a bigger thing that we did last year, we tried this experiment. It worked very well. We shifted from a five day to a four day work week. So everybody works four 10 hour days. Mm -hmm. We did that because, you know, winters are long in Montana. Summers are the time to get out and do stuff. And so we, we set it up so everybody could have a three day weekend every weekend. So they could go camping. They could go, you know, get out in the woods, go do their stuff, float the river and have some time to do that. And that, that's been a big plus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard a few people in the house cleaning business talk about shifting to that. And, um, I think it's a really interesting concept. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know, I live a hundred miles from my office, our service area. And so um, I, my staff is very, very self-sufficient and uh, you know, I can watch the KPIs for quality and so forth. But uh, my staff, I don't think, they would go for the 10 hour day just because they like to get <laughs> off early. But yeah. I sure have, I, I think it's a wonderful idea. And especially if you have staff, um, I know a lot of people who have staff that go into the five thirty six hour anyway. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's yeah. really cool. And you could stagger it where some teams are Monday through Thursday and the others are Tuesday through Friday if you wanted to. Yeah. But it would make sense to just have a quiet day in the office that mm -hmm. nobody's there. Yeah. The, the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. One thing that did drive me crazy is like if I showed up on a on a Friday or Saturday, having five trucks sitting in a parking lot, not with zero production happening for three days of the week. I was like, no, <laughs> we need to have guys working on, you know, on the weekends. So we tried getting, you know, like, well, let's get a team or two that just works you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that, that yeah. is actually a really hard sell. Nobody yeah. wanted to yeah. work, you know, the weekend, it, you know, anyway. Right. My yeah. money yeah. dream Our, went there, like workers, uh, not workers, some overtime. I was like overtime and sitting trucks for three days and in, in service in a short summer, like not having to be working. That's amazing though, that you've been able to pull it off. Yeah. I've never thought it, to do it in my home service business. I do it at like when when we flip around to reinvention, we'll we'll uh, I'll I'll see if I can vet my my uh, current evil scheme with you, and it it does not involve a four day work week. It it involves something quite different, and uh, I don't know anybody that's doing it, but I I, I did something that Megan would like me for. That is, Ooh. I paid attention to numbers. Mm. Yeah, she mm. will like. It. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the last thing I was gonna say is um, that four week four day work week. I mean, you. I, I can see that when you run ads and you're recruiting and everything, that would be just a top seller as mm -hmm. far as people going, oh, yeah, I want to work somewhere where I get a three-day weekend. So it's pretty brilliant to do that. And, you know, it's hard to get workforce. So that reinvention of, what can we do uh, to be even more appealing and a better place to work? 
hope everybody's listening and be creative, be creative. And you know, if it doesn't work, you go back and do what you were doing. Do what you're so doing. Exactly. just don't yeah. know until you try it. That, right. Oh God. That, how I mean, are, ladies, are you willing to just test stuff and, and go, oh, will this work? And if it doesn't work, just kill it. Oh my gosh, yes. I do okay. constantly. Yeah. So my staff hates me for it. <laughs> I struggle with it. I, I struggle with it because somehow I think that you know, so when like with my business with my customers, when we get a new customer, I I marry them. I like you yeah. and I are going to have this relationship for the rest of our lives. You will always be yeah. my customer. I will always take care of you. I take it very seriously. But that also has its downside, and that is I think if I make a change, it's going to like this could destroy things forever. Like, yeah, I always think that even a small change is going to be permanent. And it's only been recently where I've gone, no, you know what? Let's just, let's try this. We'll turn it on. They're like, I don't like that. Turn it off. You know, and, and I found out that the only person that really cares about my business is me. My customers yeah. don't really care about, I mean, they do. They, they, they love that we provide <laughs> that service. But I remember early on, I was so offended when someone I you know I bumped into an acquaintance and they had called somebody else for their service. I'm like, why? And they're like, I tried to find you. I couldn't remember the name of your company. I'm like, what? How can how can you not remember? And you know, it's like people are not thinking about you and your business every day. Only right. you are. Yeah. People are thinking yeah, about true. their stuff. And then you know, right. you have to remind them to think about you. So so if you try something and it doesn't work right, you just change it. You know what? That didn't work. We'll kill it. Right. <laughs> yeah, how did, what what did you um and Martha especially but all of you what did you see with with employment and staffing issues this year that was different from the past yeah you know it's done a little bit of this um so early on early on was hard because even I didn't have the answers you know for uh, are we going to go in people's houses? And, mm -hmm. you know, there was just so much uncertainty. And I remember back in March and so forth, just, you know, it was an, it was an unfamiliar place to be as a leader and want to keep everybody safe, want to keep the business alive, afloat. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we so back then it was a lot about making people feel safe and making sure that we're providing all the precautions. And we had a little bit of the workforce saying, I don't want to go. And so we did shut down for a month. And, mm -hmm. um, and then when we restarted, and I, that was a good thing for me. You know, some people kept going and some people shut down for longer and so forth. But that was a good thing for me because that allowed me to gather all the facts. Mm -hmm. And so when I called them back, I felt very good about, okay, so this is what they're saying about, you know, surface contamination. This is what they're saying. So I felt like I could educate our staff we had a lot of people who, um, well, a lot, uh, just a few that were getting that 600 extra a yeah. week. And that was pretty great. 
And all along, I was warning them, you know, I'm like, I'm happy for you. Enjoy it. You know, blah, blah, blah. But I said, I will be calling you back to work. You know, mm -hmm. so what I did, I did put a little bit of pushback from just a, just a small group. And when I said, well, you know, I mean, that is your right. If you don't feel safe, I absolutely respect that. But guess what? You won't get unemployment because we actually have work for you. But I get it. And you need to do what's best for you and your family. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm coming back to work, you know, <laughs> so, and then we've just kind of plowed forward. Um, and, and now, you know, honestly, those same people that I had a little pushback with, I, those are the ones that I'm on about making sure that they follow through with the precautions. So it's just, yeah not been a fun year um <laughs> but i was surprised how hard it's been to pull in new people that's okay. been a surprise to me yeah but she's she's rewritten her job listing twice i've seen two different impressive variations of her job listing martha is so good about marketing and especially when it comes to recruiting so mm -hmm. she she like listens to the language of the people she's trying to uh, attract and she's got some serious guerrilla marketing tactics up there so wow. i love it she'll have an idea on the show and like later in the day she'll post her new job listing to the fight club for business facebook group and we're like how did you do that so fast and she's like well we're just gonna try it and if we don't get any applicants then eh, not a big deal um i feel like we've used a lot of her recruiting strategies um she's helped us see that in our window cleaning business uh we laid off all of our staff and we only called back our A players. And then we rebuilt our training program based on all the things Martha taught us like a year and a half ago that we were a little bit too lazy to implement. We just implemented them all this year. And it's been, it's been amazing. To have a training program for us is huge. Knowing that we can have a fully trained technician that can be entirely independent in five days saves me so much money. It's huge. Oh my it's God. awesome. Yeah, yeah, so that, that that's been a really beautiful thing for this year. And then really looking at our business from a recruiting strategy, like it, Martha kept telling us, it is a good place to work. Like you have all these cool things, you just need to tell yeah. them about it. And and that yeah. was a huge mental shift for us. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. On, on our Michelle? side, we've seen we've okay. seen homeowners just be under a lot of pressure, under mm -hmm. a lot of stress. So there's been a lot of a really short trigger points with customers. And so we've done a lot of active listening training here at Pink Collars and just, you know, just listen to people and try to connect with them emotionally about whatever the issue is on their, their property. Um, but we've noticed a, a market increase in just people having some challenges emotionally, just complaining and feeling unhappy and, you know, just general malaise, right? And so yeah. um, that's been challenging. Um, but we've picked up some really cool new verticals at Pink Collars, like Megan was saying, HVAC and plumbing. And so we've, we've kind of branched into some different um, groups of people that have just been incredible business people to work with. So in terms of home service, we've actually seen a great deal of growth out there. So if you're improving people's homes that they're stuck in, um, you're really in a good position this year. And so we've seen a lot of that happen too. So That's kind of a little cool. bit of both. 
yeah. <laughs> well, I know That's all cool. three of them are going to laugh at my next comment. So I'm a noob. <laughs> I'm a full blown noob to employees. Um, we actually just got my husband out of the truck last week. So last Tuesday was. In the truck. We're so excited. And like, <laughs> we were on a high. Let me tell you, like, it was great. We were so excited. And then the next day we had issues <laughs> and like <laughs> limited right away off that like cloud nine, right back down to earth level, maybe even six feet under. So <laughs> oh, it's, I love it personally because there's never an easy path in life. And that's the way I look at it is no matter what's going to happen, no matter what's going to be thrown at you, you're going to have struggles, you're going to have challenges, and you're going to have to navigate ways to overcome them. And with employment issues, like for us, it was just callbacks. Like that's what our like first like devastating issue was, was callbacks. And it's going to happen. Like it's not going to stop. There never is going to be a completely 100% perfect year. So it's just navigating and adjusting customer service and building more of our company to be able to handle those type of issues. So I like to look at it as not really a challenge, as more of like, um, as more of a, a, not a game, I don't want to call it a game, but more or less like an adventure because like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to come from. And like I said, I'm still laughing about it to this day. Him and I were at dinner the other night and we were joking and he was like, you know, Megan said it. He was like, Megan said, he was like, just be careful. <laughs> she goes like, it may happen yeah. sooner than you think. And it happened the next day. So um, I'm very much a noob, but I'm happy to be a noob. And I'm excited for all the new challenges we're going to have in 2021. Yeah, oh, that's great. Oh, sure. Love it. <laughs> what about Montana, Sid? What about Montana? Has it been I easy? Wanted... Has it been hard? <laughs> it was such a challenging year. And it wasn't, you know, the, the, uh, the things that you would think from COVID, but it was, uh, we, I wanted to make every single member of my team, except for one, walk a plank this year. Like, I just wanted to like make sure that all of them disappeared and were never seen again. No. <laughs> oh no. That's a little dramatic. We, we are we started it's live. <laughs> they may see this. Yeah, they may oh. see this. And I love you all, but I'm glad you're I'm kidding. Like, no, I'm we started with we had we we started the year with a big hire. We hired a COO to help me with all the operations, and we my office manager was expecting a child, and we knew that we were going to hire somebody else. So we had that all in place. We got our our new office manager hired and trained before the busy season. Had five returning veterans, and we had our our ads and and everything for our you know our new trainees to come on. And I'm like very excited about the year because I've got a solid team. Everything's in place, and. Uh, then you know, in March 13th, we had our we had our all hands meeting. <clears throat> Sorry, this made my throat's a little scratchy. It sounds like a dog barking. We, um, <laughs> oh, so good. We we uh we had March 13th. We had our all hands meeting. March 16th, I told everyone to file unemployment because we didn't know what was going to happen. We still had work scheduled. But like file now, you'll be glad if you need it because you'll be in the front of the line before you know. 100,000 right. file next week. So we, we ended up with, uh, early on, it was not difficult to hire and recruit new people. And, but some of our existing staff got very nervous and a lot of stress and pressure from COVID. We had, you know, several people were incredibly paranoid and they, you know, they, they pushed that into the team. So we had to keep pushing it back. Thankfully, you know, at some point they, they self-selected out. Mm -hmm. um, 
but we, we, uh, here's the funny part. Well, it's not funny. We ended up, we had 14 technicians rolling. Everybody's trained. Everything's looking good. We got a lot of work and we're, we're cruising. We, uh, our new office manager is doing a great job. My COO is killing it. I'm like, okay, despite everything else, this is working. And then my, my office manager imploded. Um, she was under so much stress with COVID and she was very concerned and her boyfriend worked outside the home and we had, you know, transitioned her to work from home. And she just went, you know, like went one day on our three month review, it was like five star everything. And then two weeks later, she's like, I can't do this anymore. And you're an idiot. And I don't know where that came from, probably because I'm an idiot. But it was like just the level of stress got to her. So she she went out and that it was like the wobbly wheel on the grocery cart. And we, yeah. um, in a period of two weeks, we went from 14 technicians to six. And that, you know, was a challenge of its own. Two people moved, two people quit, two people we let go. And then two people found another job. So I guess four people quit. Um, and we just found ourselves with our team falling apart. And we, we ended up, so now we're at the end of our season. We were, we would be laying people off anyway, but now we have, I have two technicians and they both have been with me for almost two months. I'm like, I have zero experienced staff and we, you know, we still don't have an office manager. We we're just operating at a very lean level, but here's what happened with our recruiting. That was, I was asking about what you guys had seen um, up until July 26th, we're getting our normal two to three candidates that get through our pipeline. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do a lot of stuff to weed them out. And like on July 26th, that's my wife's birthday. Like somebody turned off the switch. I checked all of our ads. Like are things still running. We're not getting a single call. We're not getting any applications. We're still getting applications for auto detailing, but none for window cleaning. I'm like, what happened? It just turned off. And we literally, we didn't get a candidate through our system until September, almost two months. And we kept tweaking and rewriting and nothing, 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 nothing. And uh, and now we're starting to get, you know, new candidates through. But we, and here was our big tweak, Martha. Um, we, you know, we've done this for a couple of years. We have, you know, it's four day work week. You start at $12 an hour, you advance to 15 pretty quickly. That's a reasonable, very reasonable wage in our area. Um, and so we just, we like, well, that's not working. So we just changed our, our minimum recruiting to 14 and out. And like, oh, that was all it took. Now we started getting a lot of applicants. Like, okay, yeah. that was the magic number. Just increase a little bit, but which is yeah. odd because going to numbers, Megan, that made me go, okay, well that, you know, I just lifted the floor. So all my guys making 14, now I have to go to 16 because I'm not okay with a new guy getting paid what my more experienced guy wants, right? Right. Um, and so that got me digging into the numbers. I'm like, well, how can we support this? What do we need to do to change our payroll structure? And then I just had the dumb thought. And I was like, what if in, well, what if our guys could make 30,000 a year, but only work nine months a year? What if we could pay them, you know, 20 bucks an hour for those 1500 hours and then, but spread it out mm-hmm. over a year's time that would, and I was like, oh my God, because for years I've been trying to solve the retention issue and go, you know, because we work hard for nine months and we lay guys off in the winter, they find other work and half come back and half don't. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, what if we could just pay them through the winter, but they're attached to our company, but it's not unemployment and work out the system. So during the course of this week, I've, I just, I built the spreadsheet and I've reverse engineered everything. I'm like, okay, here's what we have to do. And it starts with what, you know, we want to pay them 20 bucks an hour. So what per level of production do they have to produce? I'm like, okay, well, they have to be producing, you know, hundred to 120 a man hour in order to mm-hmm. support that. So what are they producing now? 60. Well, how do we double that? I'm like, 
that seems like a big jump. Well, I, I knew one of the weak areas was was um, the the actual. We have a training, um, you know, a training curriculum, but we don't push them hard. We 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 you know repeat. We like take your time. The you know the speed will come. Focus on quality. Okay, and, but we say that too much, so we're not pushing them Ooh. to go because you know, they get quality and they're like we're comfortable. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's not okay anymore. Uh, the other thing was, and uh, uh, Megan, you and I've had this conversation. It was like, J can I, if I had a megaphone, like, just raise your prices. <laughs> raise I was your sitting prices. here waiting, <laughs> and I was like, okay, your cost just went up like eighteen percent. Uh, yeah, you can pass that on. Where is that going to go? Um, I was also go? thinking about Martha. Um, Martha has this new amazing program called Culture First. It's a monthly membership program. It just launched this month. This is not a commercial for Martha, but I'm, you all know I'm a raving fan and I embarrass her every single week. It's just what I do. But okay, this month in Culture First, uh, she had all of her members doing a career ladder which Sid is essentially what you just did with your salaries. And for yeah. us, it was so powerful to put that $15 an hour on a piece of paper and annualize it and then add in the weekly bonuses and then add in the quarterly bonuses and then add in the annual bonuses and see that with our company, you can very easily get up to $75,000 a year. I had no idea. Wow. I never thought of it. But if you have your numbers dialed in, and if you can annualize them, and if you can start thinking from a like a marketing perspective of recruiting, I learned all of this from Martha and I'm talking way too much because it's totally her area, but <laughs> it was really, really powerful for us to see that money on a piece of paper. And then it gave Jeff more confidence. Like this is a career. We've always yeah. thought that window cleaning could be a career, but we were never quite able to sell it or translate it. And what you just did, Sid, was you figured out how you could make yeah. this a very appealing year-round career that you can then attract more people for. And um, I highly encourage you to check out Martha's Career Ladder tutorials because they're they're huge. It's helpful. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Well, I and the take... school system does that. The school system, you can you no. can either get paid for the nine months and then you don't get anything in the summer or you can opt at least this is the way it is where I live yeah. or you can opt to get it spread through the 12 months. And um, I think it's brilliant. And that's going to be my homework when we get to it is. I don't want to give anybody homework, but I think I will. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's switch to homework and we're going to let Sid go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sid, so, you're up. so taking, taking a step back with it, like if you keep, if you, anything can be reverse engineered, we go, this is what I want to see happen. Well, how does this happen? Well, pay, just paying somebody $20 an hour, like it just, we went all the way back and we're like, well, how are we pricing our service? We already, you know, the higher priced option in our marketplace. But I, I did, um, I did a surface level, what we call an, an 80, 20 analysis on my customer base. And I, did, I, I can't go super deep with the software we use, but I was able to pull, like, I just looked at, you know, what's the top 50% of our customers. Here's what I found out. There are top 45% of our customers accounted for 82% of our revenue. So that means 55% of our customers only contribute to 18%. So here's what we do. And those 50% of the customers, our average ticket is right about 290. This this fifty five percent they spent under three hundred dollars a year. So we're we're not going to just cut them off, but we're technically cutting them off by by <laughs> letting them know that 
we now have, you know, and we're raising all their prices by 40%. And so probably most of them won't stay because that's a pretty big jump. If they go from, you know, 200 to, you know, $300 for the same service. And we, we've stacked on some value to go with that, but we're just going to say goodbye to all the underperformers, all the underperformers. They either become a good performing customer or they go somewhere else. And just doing that alone, and then we'll take our top customers and we just focus on two little metrics. One was, you know, tweaking the price up a little bit and then increasing our frequency of service, you know, going from once a year. We, we, I've got a little spreadsheet for this just for you, Megan. Um, yeah, see, okay, we're okay. going to have like three hour conversation after this. So continue. Keep going. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I realize like, we can we can get this sounds bad, but in technical terms, we get rid of half of our customers. That gives us half of the stuff to worry about and increase the price a little bit in our net profit. Guess what, Megan? Doubles. You have to double your profit without getting more business. So I I'm like, oh, it. without spending an extra dollar. And yeah. and half the staff. You have two half guys that have been with you two months. Half the staff. Yeah. So Megan, our... what did he just do? What's that? Well, I said, what did he just do? Yeah, he just doubled his profit without raising as an extra dollar of expense at all, which he I love. Yeah. He, he pumpkin planned himself. That's he pumpkin right, planned it. That's right. Hey. I love it. <laughs> So our, Sid, our someday I'll forward, tell but... you the story about Martha locking me in a car and making me listen to Pumpkin Plan because I was crying every day for five months and then she made me fix my life and it totally worked. So worked. yes, well, she's a here's, here's the thing. When I started, so I've been, you know, four days with, with my laptop and a pencil and and I, I got so mad one day because I, I wanted to be so emotionally attached to my business and I just looked at the math and I'm like, well, that's dumb. Just... The numbers do not, they tell a story and it is not a lie. And so we can go from 14 technicians to five technicians and produce triple the profit with so Love much pathetic. That only took me 20 years to figure that out. I should have listened to you ladies earlier. I love it. <laughs> well, it wasn't us. It wasn't us, but that's awesome. Okay, so what is the homework? It was so much good stuff, but what what is the actionable one thing they can do this week in their business? So the homework, if you have the capacity with your CRM, is do an 80-20 analysis with your customers. That means just line them out and go, who are the most profitable? Who are the ones that are kind of, you know, their status quo? And who are the ones that are actually losing you money? Because you all, we all have those customers in our database where you go out for that $400 job and it costs you $410 to do the job. You make money by firing that customer. You, you, you literally, your profit goes up. So find out who they are and and kindly raise their price or tell them goodbye and don't be like me and be emotionally attached to somebody that's sucking money out of your wallet every month for years because apparently that doesn't work well <laughs> love it that's yeah, your home. love it all right you tay go. you're up that was really good sid all right mine's gonna be to take a look at either one of your marketing or sales kpis that we discussed earlier i will go ahead and drop a few extras as well in the group but if that's an area that you're needing to analyze and see where your money is going and what you're really spending and how you're spending it, take a look at those KPIs this week. 
And a reminder, if you're new to this show, uh, we're gonna give you five different options for homework. You do not have to do all five, but we encourage you to do at least one before next week's live. And if you can do one every single week of our recommendations, you are gonna move your business forward and you are gonna move mountains in your business and you're gonna be happier and hopefully more profitable. Um, so your, your finance homework this week is inspired by Sid. And I want you to just think about what you're doing all day. How are you spending your time? And you can think about it about, could you outsource it for $10 an hour or $15 an hour? Um, and, or use the SID metric. Do you like it? Does it bring you joy? Is it fun? Um, I'm the accountant that talks more about feelings than I do about numbers. So I want you to just think about that this week. How are you spending your time every day? Um, and, and I'd be curious what you come up with. And Sid's thing is amazing. I love this idea of customers. So I'm gonna let Sid's homework just stand on its own and say that's really good financial homework too. Get, let me stack on that. So I keep in the back of my planner, I keep a running list of things to like, it's just, it's called shit to delegate. And anytime <laughs> I, I find myself, if I do something that I don't enjoy, like I had to call Verizon and make a change on our, you know, we got eight cell phones. And I was like, that took me 15 minutes just to get somebody on the phone. So I will never do that again. I wrote it down, delegate it. So I found a service that I can, I can click a button and they will wait on hold for me until I get the live operator on. Then they connect me. I'm like, ah, that saves me. And then, you know, even better, I, I added somebody to the account that can handle that stuff. So yeah, wow. just keep a list. When you do something you hate or that you suck at or that you go for 10 bucks, somebody else could do this. Keep that list. And then love it. send it away. <laughs> That's perfect. <I> love <laughs> All right, Michelle. Uh, for your systems homework, we have not set up uh, or posted the link for Nice Job. So we're going to introduce everybody to Nice Job this week. I don't know why it's not in there. I just looked. Um, but we want everybody to check out Nice Job because it's a great, easy way for your customers to give you reviews. And we have another friend in business, Tommy Mello, that is an absolute monster about reviews and has built an entire system of business growth based on reviews, just like you said. So I think it'll be really fun for everybody to check out Nice Job this year and add it to their stack of technology in 2021. So we'll post that one. That's cool. I see a, a comment on screen. Danit yeah. says she wants Did to you? do my homework. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime yeah. I have homework, I I'll it. send it to you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And then my homework, at first it was going to be to get creative and come up with that, you know, if it's a four-day work week or whatever. But you mentioned reverse engineer a couple of times and I use that term all the time as well. And so my homework is going to be every time you lose an employee, I want you to reverse engineer what, well, let's say every time you lose an employee that you wished you could have kept. Let's say that. Okay. Thank you. As well. Um, but every time you lose an employee that you want to keep, I want you to reverse engineer what you could have done to keep that employee. And you can do the same thing for employees that you didn't want to keep. You found out they weren't a good fit. Reverse engineer that. What could you have done to either not let them in your system in the first place or get them out quicker before they 
poison anybody in your culture. So um, I'm big on reverse engineering too. And I always feel like, um, you know, my, the people issues, it always has something to do with me and how I run the company. So I am going to reverse engineer and figure out what could I have done differently? What should I have seen in the interview? You know, mm -hmm. recording those interviews are great because you can go back and say, I oh. should have seen that. I should have seen that, you know, so reverse engineer. I sure do. It's by Frank Sonnenberg and it goes right along with Sid's first comment when we first started. And it is, if work isn't fun, you're not playing on the right team. So get out there and build a good team. <laughs> because it really should be fun. It really should be. <laughs> okay. Love it. We're uh, we're saying that we're taking the next two weeks off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 We're gonna yeah. we're building some we're building some fight club systems to share in the yeah. new year that we're really excited to share with you all. So we're gonna take the next two weeks off from live. Sid, thank you so much for being on our last show of the Yay. year. It was Yay. more yeah. fun than I thought it was so gonna be. Sad. It was awesome. So good. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're excited to hear what you do next year. All this strategic planning coming into action. Yeah, we'll have and, time to hear how it worked out. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Martha. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, please oh, tell Doug yeah. I said hello. I will. Yeah. He's in the back. He's walked yeah. through a couple times. So, yeah, I will. I had we'll this before. Right? Before we. Before you, uh, we got settled for today, Meg, I thought of you several times. Got to see so many long borders down here. Like everybody's on their <laughs> skateboard having a good time. No. Yeah, we, we were in Santa Monica this summer with our long boards. It was so fun. We stayed at the beach. It was our first time with our niece where she got like a skate vacation. Uh, you know, Venice Beach Skate Park is like the, the creme de la yeah. creme of skate parks. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy it for us. Definitely. That's cool. And Tay, nice oh, to see you again. Nice. I would I would love to nerd out with you gals a little bit. I've got a, a referral system that we set up that we're gonna we've we've done the light version of it last year, but we're amping it up for next year. That's our primary marketing structure. Sorry, I'm hijacking the interview oh, show. And then, okay, it's great. <laughs> and then Megan, I'd like to get your thoughts on on the uh, the uh, work nine months get paid for twelve. Yeah, it's going to cost you for how to build recurring service into your window cleaning business. But yes, uh -oh. let's do that trade. <laughs> let's do that okay, trade. Cool. <laughs> All Very right. Cool. And we'll see everybody else on uh, January 5th, I think it is, right? Yeah, January 5th, if you're next. So, Tuesday, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a happy uh, new year. Yeah. New year. All right. Bye. All right. New year, everybody. Bye. Thank see you ya. so much. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.